Hi, Lauren. Hi, Shannon. Welcome back to What They Don't Say, our podcast where we talk about sexual assault, relationships, rape, sex, uh, PTSD, triggers, court cases, and going through court cases with sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. And everything in between. <laughs> AKA, we talk about a lot of shit on here. Thank you guys so much for listening. What are we talking about today, Lauren? Okay. Well, today we're going to start off by talking about having just shit fucking days. What does that mean? What do you do? Like, how do you, you know, get, get through, through a day like that? Because I think it's really important to talk about and everyone has shit fucking days. And then we're also going to uh, read something that a listener wrote in that kind of just touches upon triggers and using that as a way to transition into diving into what triggers are, what triggers we personally experience, how that plays into post-traumatic stress disorder, and just some advice we can give. Yeehaw! <laughs> Yeehaw! How are we doing today? How are we feeling? It's like, it's. <laughs> I'd love to sit here and be like, I've had the most fabulous week and like, let me tell you about it. But it's been a rough one. Yeah. And I think today, preparing to record and set up and blah, 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 it was just... It was morale, kind of train wreck. Like, no, Lauren's morale was high. <laughs> Lauren's was good. I showed up like uh, before her meeting today. We lifted some weights. I haven't lifted in a while, so that was really good for me. And then I was just ready to go back to bed. I wanted to go back home and leave. Lauren was feeling good. And then when we went to record my SD card, I put it in the wrong direction because I'm a stupid fucking bitch. And then it was stuck. So then we had to go to Best Buy and have someone had to try it, it out. Us. We tried really hard <laughs> and we couldn't. And he tried hard too. Yeah. But then everything was fine. And honestly, to be fair, my morale was actually really low. Oh, really? I, I just tell. knew that like yours was also low. So like someone had to just like take the reins <laughs> and you had to step it up. I knew. Yeah, I knew we just had to fucking rally. So I was just like, all right, we're going to make this happen. And I'm I feel like now... We're in much better spirits. It's great. Yeah. yeah, indeed. But so why were so we haven't really we don't really see each other during the week. Like we really only see each other on like We used to. We yeah. used to live like five <laughs> minutes away from each other and we saw each other like every other day. And now we only see each other basically for podcast stuff. Um, but you said you were having a hard week. There was like a time where Lauren Snapchatted me this week and she was like, <laughs> I'm having a really fucking hard day. I literally canceled my entire day, which is crazy because Lauren has stuff from like 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. during school days. And so for her to say, like, I canceled everything for today, I thought, oh, God, something she must be train wrecking it today. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was like I was like lying on the couch and I was like, man, I should like maybe tell someone that I'm having a shitty day. <laughs> that might be a good idea. And I'm normally like I normally like to like isolate myself. I feel like that's kind of my default, right? Like I always do that. Like I'm having a bad day and I'm like, I'm going to turn my phone off and just go emo yeah, mode. No, <laughs> like, like fuck the world. I hate everything. I hate everyone. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm going to push myself to tell like two people, like tell at least two people you're just having a shitty day. Yeah. So I like, No details, just like I'm having yeah, a shitty like, day. Like I don't need to yeah. talk about it. Like I'm just going to tell someone. So I like am not isolating myself, which I do a lot. And so I Snapchat Shannon and I'm like, I like I'm having such a shit day like I'm not doing anything like whatever and then she snapshots back and she's like dude me too and I was like great 
I didn't do shit that day. Yeah. I woke up. I had a text from my boss. I only work part-time right now, but I had a text from my boss and I immediately started crying <laughs> and snoozed my alarm and just like sat there and cried for about two and a half hours. Just like, just said, fuck it. This is my day. I just, I actively chose when I woke up to try again tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's it for today. today yeah. I was like, good night moon. I didn't even like shower that day. I didn't even wash my face. Maybe I brushed my teeth. I'm not really sure. <laughs> But, you know, but so why, why, why was the day so bad? Like, what were you, were we, you know, were you on your period? I love when people <laughs> Guys, say that. I haven't gotten my period in like four months, but she is not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I went yeah. to the doctor last week just to make sure. And I'm not, everything's fine. <laughs> the best thing though, is like when you're kind of in a shit mood and someone goes, are you on your period? And then you're just like, you're just automatically in a shittier mood and you're like, fuck you. <laughs> Sometimes it's like. Yeah, but that's not why I'm upset yeah. right now. It has nothing to do with my hormones being completely out of whack. Like, it has nothing to do with it. But, okay, sorry. <laughs> mood. Your mood, you're feeling sad, you cancel everything. Yeah, okay, so yeah. I feel like I just, like, woke up in the morning, and I was, like, I felt, like, really rattled and just, like, anxious. And I was, like, okay, you know what? Like, push through, push through. Like, I, like, got up. I, like, did everything. I, like, went to the gym. I came home, Good and I dog. was, like... I had what? That's a good dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, like just keep pushing through. Like I had two meetings and I had class and work to do. And I was like, I can't afford not to do anything. Like I have to just keep pushing through. Like I, it's not an option to like take a step back and take time for myself. And so I was like trying to like go through the steps of my day and I just kept like losing my shit. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like I, had this kind of moment of clarity and like moment of reflection. And I was like, I'm really not okay right now. And that's very hard to admit to myself sometimes, but I did. I was like, I'm not okay right now. I need to take some time to myself. I need to just be alone. And so I like, you know, I like emailed my professor that I had class with and had a meeting with. And I was like, Hey, like I'm having a really bad mental health day. I need some time to myself. And I was like really nervous to send this email. Cause I don't know, like sometimes you just think they're going to like not care or think well, it's like some sort of bullshit excuse sometimes or something. they don't care like i yeah i i've sent the mental health email like a few times in my college career but there's also been times where i've been like hey i'm going to a funeral sorry i can't come it was like a last minute thing um which is fucked up you shouldn't lie about funerals but i've like literally lied to my professors when i've had a bad mental health day because i've been so worried that they will have a poor response which is like oh that sucks we're still gonna fuck you on your grades for not coming in today so major kudos to you, big claps to you, Thanks. snaps for like actually being honest about mental health stuff because like, you know, wh why aren't we more honest? Because like everyone has a bad day, you know what I mean? But I do think it's very valid that like some people really don't understand and I did actually have that happen where like I missed a meeting for my work and I had a meeting with them today and I got completely shit on. Really? Yeah. Like I was sitting there and they were like, this is unacceptable. Like you missed a meeting. Like, was it your peers or was it like, yeah, manager? so it was like my group that I'm like working with. Okay. And like they, it was just like, there was at the end, like, how, like, how can we support you or whatever, which was great. But it, that was fault. Like that was after that was after they were just like it's unacceptable like you can't do this you can't miss this and I was sitting there and like I almost started crying because I was like obviously they don't know that I really struggle with like PTSD and things like that and sometimes I have like really 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 bad days 
to be fair, I haven't had a day like this in months. Like they don't happen all the time. And they've but definitely they do gotten happen, like it's like a Yeah, when they do happen, they're really bad. And it used to be like I had like a lot of bad days all the time and now it's getting like less and less frequent, which is great. And that means that like I'm healing, but it's still like I have those days that are just so dark and so fucked up and awful. And you don't even want to like try to explain that to like a work group, you know, yeah. like you don't even, you don't want to go in there and then be like, well, you missed this and now you're behind and like, fuck you. And you're like, well, okay. I was like crying on my couch because like I was raped a few years ago and I have like really bad like flashbacks and triggers and PTSD. Like you don't want to have to say that. So you mm-hmm. kind of just sit there and you like let them shit on you because you don't know yeah. what else to do. Like you're just like, because they don't think about that either. Like from, from yeah. their POV, it's, it's just a like, you're trying to be lazy because mm-hmm. once again, like, you know, people lie to get out of certain things to like go to parties or because they just don't feel like going, which is totally understandable. Like we are all guilty of that, but mm-hmm. th- you know, they're not sitting there thinking this girl's going through a hard time. They're sitting there thinking we had to do extra work because she wasn't there or like she left us in the dark and like we needed her because X, Y, and Z is part of her job here. Like, yeah. You know. And I mean, like, to be fair, they did say like, hey, like, how can we support you? But that's really hard because it's like I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, extra support could be really great in like during weeks like this. But I hate putting extra work on other people. Like, I feel so Mm -hmm. guilty about that. I feel so bad about that. And I know, like, at the end of the day, it does kind of like level the playing field, because like if I'm having this like awful time and like I can't function as well and like I can't perform as well it's okay for other people to pick up that slack sometimes Mm -hmm. and that'll make the project better or like your work better at the end of the day. But it's just so hard for me to admit that I need that help and that like, I need like strangers almost. Yeah. Especially when it's like really high pressure, really intense. It's just really hard to sit there and be like, yeah, like, can you do this for me? Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, I'm like, because like, I just like can't handle it. It's like, no, it's not about like, it's not about handling it. It's just about, Sometimes we have days where like our best might not be where it needs to be. And it's Mm -hmm. okay for other people to like come and like pick up on that and support that. But I think it's really hard to let yourself do that. Yeah. So I think that's like what I was struggling with in terms of just like getting through what I needed to get through. So were you, so you said you woke up and you were feeling like anxious and all this stuff and you were having some flashbacks. Like what does that look like for you? Like walk me through when a, I would call it like a PTS day happens. Like what is that experience? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Like all of that. Yeah. I think that, and this is like for everyone and like anyone who's been through any sort of trauma like this, you definitely have like multiple triggers and there's a lot of different things that can lead to you like just shutting down. That's kind of how I described it. Like for me, I got triggered by something and I like kind of became paralyzed for like a day. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get out. Like I, I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was just like, I need to stay here. Like here is safe, like whatever. And for me, a big thing that I've struggled with with my PTSD is dreams. And I think that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout like the past couple of years, I've always, I've gone through like phases kind of where I'll just have nightmares all the time. And this really started, I'd say, like, two years ago. Um, and I've been, like, living alone for about for two years, three, two, two and a half. Yeah, a while. Yeah, for, like, she's, a while. She's been a lone wolf. 
Yeah, which I like. Like, I, I really like having my own space and, like, it's really nice. But I think that sometimes if you're living alone as a girl, there can just be, like, more stressors and, like, more yeah. anxieties. Or, dude, like, I don't want to, like, isolate yeah, anybody. definitely. I do think that men... A lot of the men that I know aren't like, I'm afraid when I hear a noise in the dark, but it does exist. Like we don't want to isolate anybody, yeah. but, um, but so there's like a lot of things that I have struggled with, but one of the things is definitely having nightmares. And for a while, my nightmares have been like, there's a monster outside my window. And it's really, like you see the monster. Yes. Okay. And it's really like, it, it definitely doesn't like feel good, but you also can realize that it's fake. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you're like, it doesn't feel like super real. It's still like really unnerving and you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, like, I don't like that. Especially when it's like, you are looking outside your exact window that you like sleep next to and you see- In like, your dream. Like, yeah, yeah. And you see like all these like, like one of them has been like, like eyes popping up okay. just like everywhere. There's like these like eyes popping up. Like people are like looking at me or like monsters are like looking at me and they can see mm. me. And like- <laughs> That's very uncomfortable, obviously, but like the dream that I had the night before I had this like a really bad day was that like I actually had a dream that someone sexually assaulted me. Wow. And that sucks, dude. Was, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It was like really terrible. I also like knew this person, which makes it even worse. And they're like not a bad person. Like they would probably never, ever do anything like this. So it was super weird. Wait. I can bleep out the name, but who was it? You have to bleep out the name. I, of course, I'm not going to fucking leave it in there. Oh my god. Okay. Are you, are you ready? Uh-huh. <laughs> it was- Beep. Wow. Um, I bet, you know, yeah, sometimes you have dreams about people that are not particularly accurate, but okay. So somebody that you like had known who assaulted you in your dream, which yeah. like. That's like very uncomfortable. You can't even have peace in your sleep. No, I know. I think it makes it worse when it is someone you know. Because I'm like, if you ever see that person again, you're just going to like look at them and all you're going to see is a dream. And that's really unfair. Especially when it's like they do something bad, you know? It's like that thing when the wife is like, I had a dream, babe, that you cheated on me last (laughs) night. And he's like, I'm so sorry I didn't do it. And she's like, fuck you. Like, I'm mad at you. When the poor man like had literally no part in that. Yeah. yeah, so it was, like, kind of that type of thing. But I – the dream was, like, super crazy, and that happened. And then, like, all these other little things happened after that that were, like, super strange. And I just remember I woke up, and I was, like – like, I just was so anxious. And I was, like, shaking. And, like, I could just, like, feel it. Like, it felt so real that I couldn't, like, shake the feeling that I was feeling in the dream. And so I think that, like, that just, like, really set me off. And just, you know, sent me down this really deep, dark hole for, like, the entire fucking day. And, like, I literally cried, like, every 15 minutes. Like, I sat on my couch for the whole fucking day and watched Gilmore Girls. Which is, like, my, like, safe show, you know? I'm sure people Mm -hmm. have those. Like, makes you feel like you're, like, comfy and cozy and at home. Um, I've watched it, like, probably seven times through. And it just, like, brings me such a sense of comfort. And that's, like, all I could get myself to do. And... I was, like, kind of ashamed of myself. I was, like, why can't you get up and, like, go to your meeting or go to class or, like, talk to your friends or whatever, be social? And then I realized, you know what? No, like, I fucking deserve to have a day like this. Sometimes you just, you you get triggered or something happens and you feel so shitty. And 
instead of like forcing yourself to try to be okay and pushing everything down and all those feelings down, just like let them happen. And it's okay to take a day for yourself. And it's really hard. Like I had a really hard time, like letting myself do that, especially because I'm so busy and I have so much going on, but like, I haven't had a day like this in months, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, fuck it. This is how I'm feeling today. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. And like, I I used to look at people who could just like take the day off school or take the day off of work because they were having mental health stuff and just think, wow, I really wish that I could just drop all of my responsibilities just to sit in my feelings. And I think for like high achieving people, especially if you were like an athlete or like super high achieving in school, or just literally if you're a driven person of any kind, taking that time for yourself feels impossible. And it feels like it's that thing of, I have so many emotions and feelings and thoughts and anxieties right now, but I don't have time to deal with them because like I have too much to do. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand that. And I really, I I do believe that you should not always just give into what you're feeling, but there is this thing of like, if you, if, if you had gone to school that day and if you had tried to go to work or, and all of that, all of your responsibilities, you would have been horrible. Like you would not have been a strong computer. <laughs> <laughs> You you would not have been a strong contributor in your meetings. You would not have paid attention in class. You would not have been a good friend to anybody. Like you literally are not yourself on those days. And so it is so, so vital to just take the fucking day. Like literally if your boss sucks and he is like, or she is not super thrilled with you. Okay, fine, whatever. Because if you don't take that day, you are not going to be at like your best self for the rest of the week. So it doesn't mean you're not a high achiever. It doesn't mean that you're not motivated. It doesn't mean that you don't work hard. It literally just means you're a fucking human who is having a bad day. Yeah. And take it. Take the goddamn day. Yeah. I think in hindsight, I'm very glad that I did because I was able to use it as a reset. And now I feel a lot more myself and energetic and productive. And I think that if I would, I know that if I would have had to like just tried to push through that day I probably would have like left class halfway through crying because I used to do that I remember in undergrad I'd be having a really bad day and I would just be like no like you have to go to class like fuck your feelings just deal with it and I'd literally go to class and 20 minutes would go by and then like I'd be like oh my god and I'd like run outside and cry yeah and I'm like why did I do this to myself like I'm not even paying attention I'm not contributing (laughs) like I'm literally just in the hallway crying at school like yeah what do you like you you have to take time to just be with yourself and that's like exactly what I said to my professor I was like I just need time for myself right now because if I don't get that I just don't think I'm gonna be able to like be okay tomorrow or you know there was this professor that I had who like for a very small class like really wasn't that important but um she used to say you know take the hour that you need. And so it was this idea of, you know, you think you have to go to class and you think you have to take notes and you think you have to do all this, but like really what you need right then and there might be dish class. It might be go get yourself a bowl of ramen. It might be take a nap and whatever that is, like if that's what you really need. And and I think we all know ourselves enough to realize like the difference between wants and needs for emotions. It's just about actually giving those needs the time of day, like sitting there realizing I think that I should go to class, 
However, what I need right now is to sit here and cry and I can go to office hours later. Like that class might not be that important. And it's recognizing like what you truly, truly need over what's just like a part of your routine and what you like you think is best. Yeah, I agree. I had, um, I have like this super awesome class and my professor, he is, um, super just influential, I guess, in like the outdoor industry and, He's super cool. Like he has climbed Everest like seven times. Um, he like led the first blind man up Everest and he's had a lot of influential roles within like, he was like head of like VF core, which is the parent company of like North face and vans and places like that. Oh, VF core. Yeah. Yeah. Um, corp. corp. They, <laughs> sorry. They've yeah, um, denied me from like three jobs. It's so. fine. I can hook you up if you want. Yeah, for sure, dude. Okay. (laughs) He literally, like, we had class on Zoom on Monday, and he called in because he was in Ecuador preparing to do, like, a summit attempt climb. It's really He's really cool. But anyways, we have all these, like, awesome guest speakers come in because he just knows such cool fucking people. And this one guy was talking to us, and he was talking about, like, academics, and he, like, is a high achiever when it comes to academics and one of the like pieces of advice he gave at the end of his talk was he was like if you have an opportunity to go climb the flat irons which are like the mountains right next to boulder or go to class he was like go climb the fucking flat irons because at (laughs) the end of the day like that's gonna better you than going to class yeah not all the time sometimes you should go to class but he was like sometimes you should take those opportunities and just realize that going to class is not the end all be all. And I think it's the same thing here where it's like, sometimes you have like this fork in the road of like, I can either take care of myself right now, or I can like go to my meetings or go to my classes. And you think that all this weight is held in at like just showing up to those things. But sometimes all that weight is, is held in bettering yourself. Yeah, and and sometimes up going up to class. Yeah. Is not how you're going to better yourself or show up for yourself. And that's okay. Don't miss class all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> not, we are condoning, not, saying, not condoning yeah, that. That's not what we're saying. But make sure you take those times to take care of yourself because if you don't, it it really is going to make things harder and it really is going to make healing harder as well. It's going to it's going to wear on you mm-hmm. a lot yeah. if you're if you're never taking time to just sit in your feelings. Yeah. For all you bitches out there who aren't recognizing your feelings for all of you people out there who haven't cried in like several months i need you to put on some sad music i need you to sit there and cry and write about your sadness because if it doesn't come out today it's gonna come out in that meeting it's gonna come out when you're giving a presentation you're gonna get angry and take it out on your significant other so cry fucking cry okay yeah someone that like never cried (laughs) You should cry. It makes you feel better. Yeah, there's a reason we have tears. Okay, people, like, we were designed this way. Okay, speaking of triggers, we had someone write into us that had listened to a previous episode, um, kind of just touching upon triggers that they've experienced. So I'm going to read that, and then afterwards, we are going to go through kind of just talking about more specific PTSD and triggers. Yeah, also, thank you so much to the person that wrote in. And if any of you guys ever want to write in with questions, comments, like sharing your story or anything, we have an email. It's at uh, what they don't say at which shit, I fucked it up. Let's try that again. <laughs> Scratch that, y'all. <laughs> the email is what they don't say the podcast at gmail.com. We'll link it in the description below for this episode. Okay, this is what 
our listener wrote in. Lauren talked about realizing what had happened to her while being in the bathroom afterwards. It reminded me of when I was assaulted and coming to the realization while I washed my hands. No one told me how much that would trigger, trigger me after being raped. Two and a half years after I was washing my hands at work and I smelled my rapist. I completely dissociated and had to pause in the bathroom after. Through therapy and thinking, I realized it was a trigger point for, for me when I peed after being raped. I washed my hands after and stared in the mirror, realizing what had just happened to me. Sometimes I still wash my hands and I still smell him. For a long time, I was scared to wash my hands because I knew it would trigger me. Okay, so basically like what they're talking about is when they wash their hands, that's a huge trigger for them because after they were raped, they went to the bathroom and they washed their hands. And that's kind of like such a fucked up thing, right? Because when you think of washing your hands, you think of getting clean. And... I think that one of those feelings after you are sexually assaulted is you feel really dirty and all you want to do is like wash that feeling off of you. Like you want to like tear your skin off of you so you can get rid of that feeling. And I know like sometimes what people do is they just like shower over and over again. They just like, they just like literally like wash their body until like their skin bleeds. Mm -hmm. And for this person, clearly something that is supposed to help them get clean really just actually kind of makes them feel dirty again. Yeah. And it sounds like also like washing their hands was the moment where they realized what had just happened. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they had gone to the bathroom, they had peed or whatever, and then they washed their hands because that's what you do after you, you use the toilet. And then that was the moment for them where they're like, holy shit, like I was just totally violated. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for something that is so simple as washing your hands to have it become this trigger moment for you, like that's something you probably do like five, six, seven, eight, ten times a day. And to have that be something that brings you all the way back to two and a half years prior to being assaulted, like that's horrible. But that's the thing with triggers is that they can happen anytime, anywhere, specifically when you're really not expecting them to. They're very sneaky like that. And it can be something that it's related to your assault or something that's like, totally different but something that just like brings you back to those horrible emotions and those horrible moments yeah and i think like what they were talking about is and i know i talked about this in a previous episode but after i was assaulted i sat in the bathroom and i kind of just stared at myself in the mirror and for a long time every time i looked at myself in the mirror i would have like a flashback into that moment of looking at myself, like looking at myself in my own eyes <laughs> in the mirror and being like, what the little fuck? Like, I don't understand. Like, why did that just happen? And that was even for a while, not so much anymore, but for a while was kind of this weird trigger of like, every time I looked at myself, I just went right back into that moment. And like, I felt all those feelings. And for a while, like I would like wake up in the morning, go to the bathroom and like, wouldn't even like look at myself in the mirror. Because I just like didn't want to have any chance of having that kind of flashback. I guess also kind of for the people that are listening who don't understand necessarily like a trigger or a flashback, let's dive into like what that is. Yeah. So like a trigger is something that occurs after the trauma. Like it could be, you know, many years later, many months right after. And it's something that brings you back directly to the emotions, to the sensory aspects of the trauma that you experienced. Mm -hmm. And then a flashback, because I think like triggers and flashbacks are a bit different. I think they can happen together. Like a, you know, a trigger is that action that makes you think 
of the trauma, but the flashback itself might be like pictures in your head of the trauma or it might be like something you smell during it, but it's like your your body literally holds that trauma and those sensory details like in itself and then you start to think about it and it's almost like it's happening all over again. Yeah. And I think the hard part about kind of triggers and flashbacks, I mean, obviously that they are heavily associated with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, like Shannon said, like they can happen years and years and years after this happens to you. And for me, that's something that I really struggled with because it was like, oh, well, like this was two years ago. Why is this impacting me? Oh, this was three years ago. Why is this impacting me? This past week when I was, when I had that trigger, I was like, this was five years ago. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Five years ago. Why am I having these problems now? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like that was like, honestly, my immediate reaction because they do really like happen when you're not planning on it, like you're not like expecting it, it's years and years after and they just kind of like hit you like a truck and that's really, really a difficult thing to like wrap your head around. But you just have to remind yourself that like you went through something fucked. <laughs> like you weren't like our society and our bodies like aren't built to go through trauma. Like we're just not like if we had if we if society as a whole was built to go through trauma, like we would have built in mental health days everywhere this would be a bigger conversation. Like you would understand that these triggers mean that you need to pause and like figure out what's happening and feel, but that's not what we do. But also we we shame ourselves. It's literally this thing of like, why is this happening? It's been so long. Why haven't I gotten over this? Like that was something I talked about in episode one is it's this thing of like, you only have X amount of time to process these things. Like people only let you process people dying for a year or process like, being raped for like a month. But the the reality is, is triggers and flashbacks are completely normal and they happen all the time. And there's something that like totally affects your life and should like stop your life. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. This is going to sound really fucked up, but like a few times when I've had a really hard time and had to explain my absence, you know, to like professors or whatever, I like will lie and be like, oh, like this happened like this past year or whatever, because I feel like if I say that this happened five Five years years ago, ago. then they're just going to be like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, shouldn't you be over this by now? Because we don't have enough education and awareness in our society and in our communities to understand how these things actually impact people. And that also creates a lot of shame. And so like, I think when you do go and say like, I'm having a hard day, like you don't want to be like, oh, it happened years ago because People will probably be like, oh, well, why are you still fucked up from that? Because people have like set timelines of how Mm -hmm. long you're supposed to be able to um, process things. Like even in uh, the pamphlet that I got from the hospital after being assaulted, it had this like two or three like long, two or three column bullet pointed list. And it was very long. You know, it's thing of like side effects of being assaulted. It's like weight gain, depression, sadness, like hard time in relationships, agitation, all this. And it was, you know, super long list. And then it said, you may experience these symptoms anywhere from two weeks to eight years. Even the pamphlet literally had a timeline for how long you should be processing these things. Right. There's not a fucking timeline for processing these things. Like your body is going to feel what it needs to feel whenever these triggers come up. Like it just is. However long. Yeah. And that's okay. Potentially forever. Yeah. And you can't shame yourself for that because what the fuck is that going to do for you? You know, 
<laughs> Bad dog. How dare you <laughs> be upset about the fact that this horrible thing happened to you five years ago? Yeah. It's just something that, as awful as it sounds, it's like always going to be a part of you, but you can choose how you respond, you know? Yeah. Okay. So triggers. Yes. Triggers. <laughs> I think that you should talk about some of the specific triggers you've experienced because I do think that they are very interesting, but also probably very fucking relatable. So, so I have like a few main triggers for my assault. A lot of them have to do with like the action of the assault rather than necessarily like what I felt afterwards. Okay. So the first one is simply just the movement of somebody coming toward like, okay, if my back was close to a wall and someone was walking towards me really quickly, that motion of someone coming towards me and me feeling like I can't move backwards far away from them enough, mm -hmm. that is triggering. So I had this moment um, for, I want to say about six months, I like after being assaulted and stuff, I started taking boxing lessons and I did this because I talked about this in the last episode, but I was super angry. Like I was so upset with like the fact this is, this had happened to me and I just didn't really have a lot of outlets to get out this anger. Like I would never would have considered myself an angry person, but so I took up boxing and I wasn't doing boxing to, you know, go competitive with it. I was simply just doing it because I felt like, yeah, if I can punch shit, I'm going to get anger out. And also I might feel like I could defend myself in the future. And there was a specific day where me and my boxing coach were doing this exercise. Like we we're doing a lot of self-defense exercises. And one of them was just, you know, my boxing coach had his little, the pad things up here and he was walking towards me and I was punching as I was walking backwards and he was walking towards me. And like the whole day he had been, you know, telling me things about self-defense, you know, if you are in an alleyway, you need to be aware of where you are. And, you know, if someone's assaulting you, try to move towards the light and like yell if people or yell so that people can hear you and all the stuff. And so anyways, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. We're doing this exercise. Boxing coach is walking towards me. I'm punching him while I'm walking backwards. And all of a sudden, like my arms just started to go weak and I like couldn't throw any more punches. And all of a sudden I just felt like my whole body was completely frozen and stiff and I couldn't move anymore. And I totally shut down. Like I just started crying and I couldn't even speak. And I'm like shaking and I can't like this man, my coach didn't know why I was there, why I had, I had picked up boxing. But in hindsight, I realized like that's a total flashback because when I was being assaulted, like before it happened, this man is moving towards me and I have no place to go. I can't go backwards at all. And I became helpless. And that was a moment of like, I'm doing these boxing lessons to make myself better and make myself feel better, but it doesn't matter because that's exactly where the trigger is. Someone moving towards me. And that's something so small. Like people mm. walk towards you every fucking day of your life. Um, but yeah, and I, I had had this thought too after the boxing lesson that he had made all these statements of you need to find people. Like if you're being assaulted or whatever, find people, go to the light, run, scream, make noise. And I'm like, the night I was assaulted, like there is a house 15 feet away from my house. Like there are people on walks at night right away from my driveway. Like there's hundreds of light switches in my house. Like the lights were on in the hallway next to my room that I was being assaulted in. I could have screamed at the top of my fucking lungs and it didn't matter because it happened anyways. Like, you know, all these self-defense mechanisms that were taught, like sometimes you just can't get there because 
you're frozen. Anyways, that was long tangent. Feeling a little, you know. Yeah. Okay. But that's one of my triggers is somebody walking towards me. Yeah. Which is a really weird thing to say. Yeah. And I, and I do think it's interesting, you know, the, I guess, advice or recommendations that your boxing coach gave you and then how they were so just not relevant in the time that you were Literally like getting yeah. assaulted. Um, and it's not like he was wrong or anything, but I think that just like played into the stereotype of like when people get raped, it's when they're on walks by themselves and they're walking through alleyways when a lot of times it's not. Sometimes yeah. it happens in your own home where you have all those safety kind of mechanisms at your disposal, but they just don't matter. There's, I think, like three reactions to assault, right? There's like the fight, there's the flight, and then there's freeze. And a lot of people experience the freeze yeah. where it's just like almost like your body is in paralysis. Like you can't move. And I think a lot of triggers, like, you know, triggers, flashbacks after the fact have that kind of freeze component to them mm-hmm. where you're just brought back to that moment. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest trigger? It's like a game show. <laughs> Today on What They Don't Say, what is Lauren King's biggest trigger? <laughs> Um, that was a good game voice. <laughs> yeah. Should audition for a game show. Um, oh, goodness. My biggest trigger, I think, like, most frequent is probably the dreams, I would say. Nightmares? Um, nightmares. Okay. The dreams. Call them what they are. <laughs> Call them what They're they nightmares. are. They're nightmares. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily, like, a trigger, but um, I used to, like... And not as much anymore because I don't find myself walking alone at night a lot anymore. But in undergrad, I did. And I, like, lived in a very safe neighborhood. I, like, lived very close to campus. Um, But even though, like, I would walk home and I'd, like, vision very bad things happening to me. um, And it kind of was... In your nightmares or just, like, when you were walking home? No, like, when I was, like, walking home. Okay. Like, I would, like, pass an alleyway and I'd, like envision some guy like grabbing me and dragging me into the alleyway and like brutally raping me awesome um, yeah so it's much fucking fantastic fun. let me tell you um and I think that just like played a lot into my feelings of just kind of constantly feeling unsafe and I think that when your safety is compromised in such an extreme way even if you are in a safe space you can still feel like very uncomfortable and just unsafe. And I think that in both of our cases, we were in safe spaces. When being assaulted. When being assaulted. Yeah. And when you have that taken from you and you are in theory of like what you would think is like a safe space, I think like I just felt that my safety was constantly compromised for some reason. And so I would just have these like terrible visions of like awful things happening to me. Um, And... I don't like experience that as much, but I would say my paranoia is a lot worse because of it. I think that plays a lot more into like PTSD rather than just like triggers. Um, but like living alone and stuff, like I'll hear a sound and I'll convince myself that someone's going to try to get into my apartment and try to hurt me or things like that. I even had like a dream the next night I had a dream that like I wasn't safe and I like wasn't allowed to like leave my apartment and like I wasn't allowed to do anything because like someone was going to hurt me. And I think that, like, in a way is some sort of, like, trigger because I'm just 
the feelings of being unsafe or just being triggered all the time, if that makes sense. Because so like being assaulted in a place that's supposed to be safe violates that safe space, which mm-hmm. in turn, like no space is really safe ever. Yeah. Which is awful. It like breaks the bubble. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that all the time. Like oftentimes I do feel decently safe and I'm not like thinking about something bad happening to me, but then there are times that I do and it can be just very extreme and obviously makes you feel like very kind of out of whack and anxious because you have no place to like fully rest. Like none of that. Okay. So like you had mentioned, you know, these nightmares, that's not necessarily like a trigger, but it's totally a form of PTSD. 100%. Um, like, do you have any like super specific triggers of like, you know, things that happened afterwards or during that now you feel the impacts of? Um, I'd say kind of a big thing for me is like skin. It's like, crazy. It's something the majority of us do have. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but what I mean by that is the person that assaulted us he had like very like rough skin like it wasn't like he was like hairy or anything like he just like i don't know like he didn't really use lotion frequently i don't know like his skin like this just like had a very specific feeling to it and something that i have struggled with for a long time is that like i sometimes feel like i can feel his skin on mine like when someone else's skin is on yours or just like literally out of the blue when you're by yourself? Sometimes randomly, but oftentimes it is when like I'm hooking up or like having sex with someone and I kind of just flash back into like feeling like his skin on my skin when like someone else's skin is on my skin. Um, And so I think that like has been a huge trigger Mostly, like, during sex that I've had. That's been, like, super, super uncomfortable. And I've definitely... It's, like, happened, like, less and less. But, like, I probably haven't felt that in over a year or so. Um, But, like, it was always, like, super extreme. And, like, it was, like, almost, like, felt like sandpaper just, like, rubbing on my skin. And it would just get, like, super uncomfortable. Like, just I can never unfeel that feeling. Would you... So when you felt this sort of flashback to this sort of sandpapery skin, would you stop having sex or was it just this thing of like you were brought back and you just kind of froze? Like what, what is that like? I don't know if I remember a time where I like abruptly, like just like stopped and was like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like it'll happen and then it'll like pass kind of thing um obviously there there have been times when I've been like super triggered and like started crying or just like had to stop um but I don't remember if that was like specifically because of like the like skin trigger um I it's definitely more of those things where it's like it happens and like you're like just get over it just get over it just get over it just like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter push through it push through it and like you do keep having sex even when maybe you shouldn't be but Because you're in those triggered moments. Yeah. I think that like sensory details is probably something that's really common for a lot of victims or survivors of sexual assault, like whether it's smells or tastes or feelings or sounds like that's something that I think or sites um, that a lot of survivors like flashbacks are related to is those like super minor sensory details. Like traditionally, I think when people have sex, you know, 
consensually, well, that's what sex is. But when people have consensual sex, it's, you might not necessarily be focused in on those really small sensory details, but I think when you're assaulted, your body like hyper focuses on them. And like, those are the key things that you remember rather than maybe exactly where they were, what time it was or all of that. It's those sensory details that you tend to remember and your body holds on to. Mm-hmm. And that's what turns into those triggers and flashbacks later on. Yeah, I definitely think it's a lot of times like the little things that maybe you aren't even aware of or you aren't even aware of why, oh my God, like this thing happened and it made me feel so shitty and I have no idea why. And then like you reflect on it and you're like, oh shit, like, yeah, I got uncomfortable when like they took their shirt off and were on top of me and like I could feel their skin because like for some reason I was taken back into that time that I was being assaulted and I could feel this like rough skin on me. And like, even for me, that was like a moment that I had to come to realize mm-hmm. and like kind of reflect on, I guess. I think it's interesting because like the skin is something, like I was saying, isn't something that I've really ever thought about when having sexual <laughs> relations. <laughs> and like a lot of the the bigger aspects of my sexual assault of what led up to it were the things that like or are the things that trigger me now. So like I had mentioned, you know, somebody moving towards me when my back is to a wall or something like that, like that triggers me. Another thing is somebody picking me up. So right before I was assaulted, I was carried from my living room and then thrown on my bed. I was going to say placed and I realized that's like not quite the right term. Um, But so like for a really long time, pretty much up until like, the past two months, basically, I've had a really hard time when men pick me up and not even necessarily in a sexual sense, but just like a man like jokingly like picking me up and like, yeah, like let me carry you down the stairs. Like that's really scary for me. And yeah, I wouldn't like a guy fucking carrying me down the stairs. <laughs> or, well, you know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes men just yeah. like pick women up as like, oh, look at how fun. Like they're just like fucking around uh-huh. with you. Look at how strong But seriously, like a man picking me up was this thing of like, like every time a man picked me up, I like could feel my whole body like wanting to lift myself out of their arms. And like I can recognize, and I don't know if you can relate to this during flashbacks or triggers, but like in that moment, I know this person is not assaulting me. Like this is not the person who did assault me. But just that act of picking me up in the same way that I was picked up before I was raped is like, the same and Mm -hmm. it's very it's a really odd space of consciousness like I would love to know what part of my brain is feeling this stuff because it's like I recognize I'm still safe like I know I'm still safe but because of what happened before I feel like holy shit something horrible is about to happen but I know it's not but I'm brought back to that that original feeling Mm -hmm. um so there's that you know (laughs) and then another one of my triggers is um it's not necessarily like a I don't know if you could call it a trigger, but an issue that I experienced like after being assaulted was that my indecisiveness became absolutely exponentially worse than it ever had been. Like I've always been an indecisive person. I've always had a hard time, you know, picking what are, what are we going to eat today and all of that. But afterwards, like getting dressed was horrific. And if I ever had to do something on a time crunch, like there was this very specific time where I remember my mom and I we're going to this dinner and staying the night at some place like in Colorado. And we were running late and I was like packing my bag and trying to figure out what to wear for this dinner. 
and I just couldn't decide. And truthfully, like this dinner had absolutely no weight on anything. Like, yeah, my mom's going to take pictures, but the pictures probably weren't going to end up anywhere. Like, it's just my mom. Like, I'm not trying to impress anybody. And I remember being so frozen in my decision making, which is the same thing that I felt when I was being assaulted, like just so frozen that, you know, I'm trying to pick out what I'm going to wear. And I just am sitting on my floor crying and like pulling at my hair, which is sad and a bit aggressive. But in those moments of feeling so frozen, like it's just like I was being assaulted. Like my, my brain looks at decision-making the same way as it does like being assaulted, which is kind of a, an odd thing to explain, but it's just when I was being assaulted, like my brain felt like I couldn't choose to stop it. Like I had said no all these times, but my decision of not consenting was not respected. So it was this Mm -hmm. like error code going off and I was freezing. And like the few months after being assaulted, trying to pick out what to wear and all these things was just the same thing. Like you can't figure it out because you don't know because your opinion doesn't matter anymore. And that's kind of what the freezing meant to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that totally made sense. And like, I, I mean, I've known you your whole life. And when you were younger, like I... I experienced that like I experienced you having a hard time like choosing what to wear you know when you're like eight years old you're like what the fuck like why are you guys like who cares Mm -hmm. um but then like now like one this is like my first time hearing that decision making and like choosing what to wear and stuff is like really hard for you but even not consciously knowing that you have a hard time with that because of the assault I have like noticed times when like you have been getting really anxious or really stressed out when you're trying to figure out like what to wear and when we're getting ready and things like that. And it's kind of been one of those moments of like, let like, let's take a step back and like, let's take a deep breath. And over time and over me, like experiences, experiencing this with you, I realized I was able to support you in a lot of ways. But now that I know why, like, I feel like I can support you even more. And I think that like, is something that is like really good for obviously like the people around you to understand because I'm sure there have been people who have been around when you've been like super anxious and stressed out when getting ready and you've been like, you know, freaking out. And these people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And you don't want to have to sit there and be like, let me tell you why I have a hard time making decisions. Like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that like you struggle with and it's really hard for other people to understand. But now that you've laid it out, it does make a lot of sense. And like, I'm really glad that I know that now. And I know that I can probably better support you in during those times. And I don't think that's like weird at all. Like, I think that like you didn't have a say you, you, you said no, but your voice wasn't heard. And so therefore, like, if you say something that is super clear, that is your decision, like saying no before you're assaulted, like, or giving consent to someone is a decision. And so all of a sudden you are clearly giving a decision. And my decision before being assaulted was, no, I don't want to do this. And then your decision is completely dismissed. Therefore, like your decisions have no value. What you mm-hmm. think you want has no value. And I think that like super fucks with your thought loop. Yeah. Like, if your decisions have no value, how are you supposed to even make one? Because how could one be a right decision? So I guess kind of the question with this is if you're having these triggers and you're having these flashbacks, like what does that mean? How are you supposed to process them? Like how do you get through life 
with all of these triggers and flashbacks, like how do you get through that weight? I guess. Therapy. <laughs> well, yeah. Therapy is definitely one of them. I also think that like triggers and flashbacks are a sign that your body hasn't fully processed the trauma as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> I think that makes sense. <laughs> I I think that like, it is something to be said that at the beginning of, I guess, like my healing journey, I hate that term, but my healing journey, my healing journey. <laughs> um, I did have a lot more triggers and a lot more like kind of like traumatic, gross uh, kind of moments. And as I have healed a lot and talked through a lot of what's happened to me, those have decreased. I don't know if they're ever going to like fully go away, but I do know that as I've healed more and as I've reflected more and just come to terms with what has happened and what my reality was, it kind of has helped decrease a lot of those sugars or just a lot of those just like shit moments you have after experiencing something traumatic. Um, So I do think that as that processing has happened, I've seen a decrease in those types of things. So I do think you're probably pretty spot on with that. Also, like with therapy, um, I don't know if anyone has ever heard of EMDR therapy. If you haven't and you've been through trauma, you should probably do that, the EMDR therapy. I don't know exactly what it stands for, but it's like eye rapid movement something. But it is this therapy that was designed for like war veterans. And it's supposed to, it was specifically designed for PTSD. And so it's supposed to help disrupt those thought loops. If you don't have access to therapy, there's a lot of resources like online therapies and all of that. Um, but try to find a therapist who's that's like actually designated for EMDR therapy. Like that's a big thing because once you can learn to work through those triggers, you're going to have less of them in your daily life. And that trauma is going to disrupt, you know, your normal functioning a whole lot less. <laughs> you will just become a little bit more of a normal, a normal being which is what's important here is getting back to normalcy. But the only way to do that is to work through it. Triggers are a representation of your body saying like, you need to stop in this moment. Like your body is on so much overload that it can't handle that moment because once again, it's brought back to the trauma. And so if you're experiencing a trigger or flashback, like do your best to stop whatever you're doing. Ground yourself, you know, think about, okay, my name is Shannon Porter. I am in Boulder, Colorado. My feet are on the ground. Like this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm smelling. Like grounding yourself, I think can take you out of those previous sensory details and bring you back into the present. Because once again, your body is on overload when you are experiencing these flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Or even just like putting yourself into a different setting. Like that could even be just like stepping outside and like taking 10 deep breaths and like breathing the air around you, like smelling the grass, smelling the trees, listening to the birds and just like really kind of having like a moment of almost like, you know, meditation and mindfulness where you just bring yourself into like where you are now and you like listen to those things and you just like take yourself out of that setting that triggered you in the first place can also be really helpful. Overall, triggers and flashbacks are something that are super normal after experiencing a traumatic event and there's no need to shame yourself. Like this is something that happens, I'm pretty sure to everyone. And if somebody doesn't realize that they're having a flashback, like, or if someone is saying they don't have triggers or flashbacks, I think they just simply aren't realizing it. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that, like, be nice to yourself. It isn't something to shame yourself over because you experienced something that you're not meant, you're not meant to experience. And it's incredibly hard and your body remembers trauma. And that's why it is having these flashbacks. And that's why it is having 
these experiences that are bringing you right back to those awful, awful <laughs> events that occurred to you, mm-hmm. occurred in your life, occurred to you, happened to you. You know what I mean? I think you wrap that up quite nicely. Thanks, Lauren. Um, thank you so much for listening to what they don't say. Um, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, whatever, definitely send us an email at what they don't say the podcast. Why can't I fucking say this shit right? <laughs> send us an email at what they don't say the podcast at g- gmail.com. What they don't say the podcast at gmail.com. It is a mouthful, but it's okay. absolutely. But it's because the other one was already taken. So yeah, fuck those hoes. And we'll see you guys next week. Catch you on the flip side. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers.